Hi, and welcome to the 34th Keen Minds podcast. We're covering episode 20 of season 4 of NBC's The Blacklist. Uh, it's the Debt Collector. I'm Jen, a.k.a. Takata Cycle. And I am Tessa from Criminally Sane. And before we get started in on this episode, can I just say congratulations to the whole Blacklist team for getting renewed for season 5. We will miss the Redemption team, but we're really happy for the Blacklist team. Yeah, we hope to see the Redemption team, or, or most of them, uh, in the Blacklist. Um, I mean... Uh, Really, it would be neat to have you guys once in a while. It would Hopefully be hard we'll not that. to bring certain people in. I mean, with Ryan, mm. with, with with Tom's character back full time, it would be very difficult not to bring them in. Anyway, just kudos. We're happy. Not that we ever questioned you on season Yay! five, but we are happy to have that as an official. I wonder if they haven't said that that's the last season, right? That they're renewing no, it for a last no. season. So no- it may we may be that we get the six seasons that that uh, he wanted for that. I, I hope so. I'm I'm not ready for this to end. I mean, I don't want it to go beyond its threshold. But that idea of what what on earth would I do with my time kind of strikes me. <laughs> I have a lot of emotional input into this fandom. <laughs> Well, I, I, six seasons gives us 132 blacklisters, but considering that some of the blacklisters have been, you know, have multiple numbers, like the brothers, mm-hmm. and yeah. in reality, if we counted everybody that Red has given them, including the miscellaneous, uh, for example, the, um, what was the guy, the... Um, the guy with the, the, the morgue guy, he was, like, they said they, they call him the... The one that was that Samar interview that interviewed Samar. Oh my God, I'm blanking out. Um, I'm not sure which one you're talking about. Well, like Kirk was an add-on. Kirk was never part of the blacklist. Alexander Kirk, and he was he was a two-parter there. No, no, I mean, I'm thinking the the guys that are that that have been in the blacklist but are not blacklisters. Per se, uh, like yeah, have an well, episode name after them. If you added all of this, we'll be probably closer to 200, 250 blacklisters. Yeah. So we'll fill every number. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm happy as long as they've got a story to tell. I am thrilled to be here. I mean, they haven't disappointed yet. They have. I, I had someone laughing the other day. They said, Jen, how do you love every character? I said, I blame the writers. They're really good. They create very layered characters, and I, how can I not love them? Because we were talking about Julian Gale and my automatic "I love you" reaction to him. I said, "You know, I, I love him. I don't trust him, and that's still where I stand. I love Gale. I love his scenes. He's a dynamic character. I just don't trust the man. <laughs> he's, he's hard to trust. He's he's um kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah." probably a bit more than kind of unless it's all an act and he's just and that's the thing is I don't know if it is but uh, we'll, we'll get together it's a good act it's a good act yeah. should, we, should we lead on with uh, with Samar yeah let's start in with Samar and once again they left the Saram drama on the doorstep I mean we didn't get any Saram drama so I love Samar just keep the Saram drama on the, on the outside and I will continue loving Samar <laughs> I gotta say, I don't mind the, the Samar drama because I think it it creates, you know, there's there's always these things that get us like, uh, 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 
uneasy with a certain character. It's funny, but um, whenever a little time has passed and we see past it, we're like, yeah, I get it. There is something there and they're setting something up and we may not be on board with things, but and that's the thing is like I get and I think that's something that I may not come across to you is that I I don't just because I disagree with what the characters are doing doesn't mean I don't understand it on the writing side. Mm -hmm. When I freak out on Tumblr, I'm usually having an emotional reaction, not a writer's reaction. <laughs> but yes, let's start with Samar and her awesome interrogation. How awesome was that? Yeah, I love seeing seeing badass Samar. Yeah. I mean, that's my favorite one. I mean, she was just so so matter of fact about her. It's it's almost so scary because she's not even like in she's not enjoying it. She's not disliking it. She's just like this is what I do. Yeah, it's and I you don't exist. I don't exist, and nothing that happens here exists. <laughs> she is the walking Vegas. Um. <laughs> <laughs> what happens with Samar stays there. Um, yep. Except for the scars she leaves behind. No, she's fantastic. And and she just delivers it so well. Mm -hmm. It's, I I could, I 100% believe that she would be capable of making someone scream. Or making them think that she would make them scream. And I think that tends to be her go-to, is that she's just so intimidating when she gets into that mode mm. that she makes them believe she'll go further than she might. She might be willing to under different circumstances, but probably not working for the FBI. I, kind of I like think with we've Liz seen her. Week. Yeah, we've seen her uh, do things like that, she highly threw questionable. threw a man out the window in season two, was it? Yeah, it was her job. Um... And and I I find that that is interesting as as we see this this Amar to go back to that episode um, of the Lipid Seafood Company when we have um, when she is you know they have her hanging and she's not really being tortured they just hang in there you know with their arms up and the guy is going to torture her and there is a look in there and they it's like I'm good and the guy just knows that it's it's gonna waste his time yeah. And that was amazing. And that's just some more. I think that is just the epitome of badass right there. Mm. I, I I think that among my favorite moments with Samar, it's this one, that one with the guy when he just says I'm good, and then the one with she is in uh, in two ten in Luther Braxton when they're all hanging by the neck and he starts and she starts uh, praying in in Arabic. I thought there were all, all three moments of being is she's badass and at the same time she's doing what she needs to do in order to survive and get her team members out of there alive. Yeah, it's not like she's a cold-hearted human being. She just she's just a badass. That's her job. Yeah, she's just really good at her job. Mhm. Mm yeah, it was it was a beautiful moment that she had there. Yeah. Kudos to to Mosan. She did a fantastic job. She always does. She always looks so good doing it, too. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Wish I looked at that, that good doing it. Yeah. Aesthetics are important. You want to go into wrestler next? Let's go into wrestler. Okay, so I'm last week I said all I wanted to do was wrap a blanket around him and protect him. 
that feeling lingered this week. I just wanted to protect Russ because that poor man, he is not only finding out what Liz went through that I mean he was he was certainly sympathetic to her when she went through it in season two it wasn't like he was cold he was the one there you know protecting her and walking her out and you you hope talking to her after it because Liz was in her motel room alone and you hope that there was a few minutes of talking and discussing Mm -hmm. and such whatever but you know he, he was certainly sympathetic to her it's not like he was you know suck it up and get over it But he's got a whole new level of that now. And on top of that, the whole issue with a friend from the past where his loyalties lie. There was that great line in there of, you know, taking one of uh, a Reddington loyal off the board. And he goes, I'm loyal to the task force. And I'm like, I love you, (laughs) Raz. You know, I mean, it's it's a struggle that he's going through right now. Mm -hmm. what, What does that mean? Yes, his loyalty is to the FBI, to the task force, to to his people. You know, the moment that Samar called him and said, your suspension doesn't matter, Liz is in trouble, he was there. You know, his teammates are important to him. And he will bend over backwards and do whatever he needs to to protect them. And I love that about him. But you know that he has to be struggling with the whole Gale thing because this was a teammate of his. Just because they don't work together all the time anymore doesn't mean they weren't friends, that they weren't close. They call each other by their first names. And so to to lie to him, to feel... Because the lie is his choosing. He told Liz last week he can't find out about this. So he's choosing to go that path. And... but But it seems to be weighing on him to the point that he busted out there with I got brainwashed and drugged and I mean Gail sitting there laughing at him and the look he had on his face was just kind of like I just told you the truth and you made a mockery of it okay you know <laughs> I just well he did it he did it again in the past episode when he said well he surrendered and and Gail is laughing hysterically and I think that that is a very interesting choice the writers are doing for him because those are the things that Reddington used to do and now he is doing them. You know, he's saying something blatantly like the way it is and nobody believes him. Yeah. And I just I, I just feel terrible for him right now because I feel like he feels that he's on an island. He can't really work with his team because he's been suspended, so he doesn't have that support. He has Gail, who's a good friend, but he can't be honest with Gail. And so he's going through this deeply emotional emotional trauma of being brainwashed into nearly murdering a woman who probably would deserve it but still not not that way well he would have got caught and that was the entire point of it yeah because it's not that he went around and 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 got justice for her or he took her without nobody knowing and shot her and left her in the woods this is something that, you know, that would have been a very red thing to do, but it wouldn't have got him caught mm-hmm. and punished for something that sorely deserved to happen. And instead it would have got him murdered and, or, you know, maybe they may have shot him or they may have gone to jail. Yeah, or he would have gone to prison for the rest of his life, which I think is what Kaplan was aiming for. And, mm-hmm. you know... And, and Ressler's going through all this, and he doesn't really have support right now. I mean, 
Unless he's going getting a beer with Samara or, or uh, Liz after, which I doubt he is. You know, he just he doesn't have that support that he needs. And then you also had it was interesting with Cooper because Cooper Cooper's the one that was talking about the the Reddington loyalists, and he seemed to kind mm-hmm. of be brushing things off. And that was bizarre for me with the the Reddington loyalists. I I wonder if that was more flippant than I took it. It was meant. <laughs> I think that that we might find out all the things that Cooper has known either for a long time or forever and he has kept them close to his chest I mean I think that everybody has an idea of Harold Cooper like he's he's Mr. like uh, you know he's he's a wrestler senior a a boy scout and and he's not he's he's very much a great character he's intelligence as you say he was Navy intelligence and, you know, he's in an intelligence unit of the FBI. He's not, he's not a cop. And I think that we might find some surprises, but what I found most, most interesting about the wrestler arc, and I am ecstatic that they have chosen to go this route. It is that we, at the beginning, we saw a wrestler that was all, you know, the black and white, and he was chasing. He was at the very beginning, very much Julian Gale minus the crazy. He was about getting Reddington, and then Reddington surrenders, and he, his entire world is upside down. He's thrown in this thing where he's suddenly finding criminals and saving people's life and stopping a criminal that have thousands of innocents in his, like the freelancer in his mire because all of this getting Floriana Campo, which was, I think a big guy opener for everybody. There is this, this shapeshifter that seems to be a good person. And she's in reality, the head of a human trafficking, huge conglomerate. And then add the cabal in there that that totally rocked his world in that he trusted the system 100% and the system, it didn't just fail him, it betrayed him. And so... It used him. Yeah, exactly. I mean, so yeah, he's definitely had some eye-openers over the last four seasons in which he learned that that things are not always as they appear. Yeah. And and to, to go further into that, now after... Four years with Reddington, you know, trapping criminals and seeing another side of things. He is, and I love this, he is back with an element that reminds him of his past. And what he's doing with it is is fascinating because he's protecting the task force. He's protecting what they're doing. And it's not just because of the task force. It's also because of what they're doing with Reddington. Because Reddington is bringing them criminals. And do wrestlers really feel like, Gail, these people were innocents, we tried to kill them? No, I mean, I don't think he does. He's always been like this. Are, remember in, um, in Vanessa Cruz when Liz was talking about the victims? And he said, those are not victims, they're the perps. And and so so he's very clear that those people, those 86 bodies, there was not a single human being that wouldn't have gone to jail that he's not right with the execution that's a different thing but he doesn't think of them as innocents yeah and and it's interesting that they have gone this route at the same time that he's understanding information is power and not choosing to say things 
you know, on the heat of the moment or just going like blurt out things. And even when he is, he's not being taken seriously for it. It's, it's fascinating. And, and I think that may actually be one of the reasons he's willing to do and to say what he's saying right now and just to bust out with that. Is because, just what Dress does. Yeah, be, because he knows that, that Gail's not going to believe him. And so what about that meeting with Marvin Gerard? Oh, my God, I love him. I, mean, I said Marvin. were priceless. Marvin, I will only talk to Agent Donald Wrestler Gerard. <laughs> That, from now on, Marvin Gerard becomes Marvelous Marvin. He oh. was outstanding. And I love that description of wrestlers. Smug, arrogant, and professional. You, friend, just seem as smug and arrogant. You may go. <laughs> that was what I loved. You may go. <laughs> it was it was a great, great scene. And, 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 and trust Fisher Stevens to get, you know, to get those, oh, those like, Hat on it was beautiful it was man absolutely delightful and then they're they're sitting there and wrestler and then it's again i love the characters they choose to highlight the difference in the in the growth of a character from day one and now to marvin gerard can you imagine wrestler or of 101 uh face to face with the marvins of the world he and, would have flipped. Oh, oh, I know. It's it's wonderful, and I love it. I love the character growth of Ress. And I, I've mentioned it before on the podcast. I was not Wrestler's biggest fan in season one. It, it took me to the Anslow Garrick episodes for me to start to warm to him. But before that, I didn't trust him. I didn't like him. Even after that, I was like, eh, you know. But he, I love him now. He's just. I, you know, I still kind of want to Gibbs style pop him on the back of the head every once in a while, but for the most part, I really love where they've gone with Russ. Yeah, I, I, I like, I like this that they've done with him because at the end, at the end of this, of his rubber banding, there he is. He's free to go and do whatever. Cooper only said what must be known eventually is better known immediately. And he goes there and he tries to protect and keep Gail from finding out about the, about the task force. Gail, of course, does find out. Of Do you think he, he always knew or he suspected? I think he might have suspected. I What I'm trying to figure out is when he accused Wrestler of that, if he had thought that before or if it hit him in that moment. And, I mean, because it almost had to have crossed his mind at some point that this man is defending this woman and she's his former partner. What if they became friends? What if he trusts her more than he's letting on? You know, I mean, people change and it's been four, nearly, you know, possibly five years since they've seen each other. People change. And, and, and wrestler is in a classified unit of which his assignments are, classified mm -hmm. he basically can't be found it's yeah it's suspicious he has reasons to be suspicious of what wrestler is doing yeah and it just i i'm not shocked he followed him um like as soon as he shook his hand there i looked at the ruby during the episode's airing and i said he just bugged him i mm -hmm. said he's following him he didn't trust him he bugged him i said something's going on there Mm -hmm. 
So, okay, how do you feel about Gales crying over the bodies? Um, <laughs> I think that either the guy is crazy, but I don't think they're setting him up to be crazy, or there is something deeply personal there that we have no idea what it is. Yeah. One very, very deeply personal case. Yeah, I, I'm more inclined to go that way, too. I just, I don't think that he could be that crazy and get done what he's gotten done, if that makes sense. Yet they never got red. They never got red. Well, I mean, they've explained that, because, I mean, people in the fandom have been asking for a long time, how, you know, does that mean wrestler's stupid, that he never got him? You know, and I never got that impression, because wrestler's always been portrayed as a very intelligent, very clever man. Even if he's not in the intelligence community, he's still for... for... He follows rules, and by following rules, he becomes predictable. A cop needs to follow rules. It's not because he wants to follow rules. If you're a cop, you have to follow certain rules. And by following the rules, it became, you know, predictable and, and Red was able to stay ahead of him. And I would not be surprised if Wrestler has, if Red has somebody inside the Bureau that kind of keeps him Oh, I bet informed. he does. I'm sure he does. And so, I mean, especially now that he basically runs the cabal. Uh, or at least he doesn't. Section, that that segment. Of the cabal. Yeah. yeah. He he, that whole little part that was um, that was Fitch and and the director's uh, playground. Yeah. Which is curious to know how far that stretches. Do you think he tried to um, to hit Red? What was that about? I don't know. Um, I because Red did shift last second. But I don't know if he was actually trying to hit him and he shifted or if he was just... I, I saw one theory. I'm trying to remember who it was on Tumblr that made the comment. Said wondered if uh, he actually wor is working with Kate. And if he was just trying to give her cover. Cause chaos I, and I, give her cover. Yeah. I had a, a similar thought. Or Even if he's not working with her that he figured out who she is and figured out that an enemy of red, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. And that's the thing is I could see him. I I could see him forming an alliance with Kate. He I seems, could see her waiting and picking her up in the woods. He seems very appreciative of that. I, just the way he talked about her when he said, you know, these 86 bodies are telling one story, but the living one is telling something else. The person that delivered, and I'm not verbatim with mm. this, you know, but the person that delivered him, his, his think cleaner, that thinks that he's vulnerable, touchable, I think mm. was the phrase. Yeah. And so I, I think that he, I don't know what story he's concocted in his head if he thinks that she's got some, like she's come over to the light and she's trying to turn him in without, you know, I, I don't know what he's got going on in his head. I, I don't know Julian Gale well enough yet to even fathom what goes on in that fun little brain of his. But I do wonder if there's some sort of appreciation that he has because she did. Mm. She, she knocked a case wide open for him and handed it to him on a silver platter. I mean, well, and is a you know the basic principle: the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Mm -hmm. So somebody who's going against Red, you know, he can use. And I tell you, I could see a scene in which he basically just goes to the woods and picks her up, 
with her man. Like, come on, get it in and we'll have a little talk. Yeah, I mean, because he had a car out there and she was walking through the woods. Mm-hmm. That's funny how they ended up, last episode was Red walking in the woods and this episode is she walking through Ooh, the woods. I like that. I like that parallel. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we haven't been doing parallels. There's been so much. I've I got think... one for Red. Yeah. I posted it right before we started recording. <laughs> I haven't seen it. Mm. And it's interesting that he's keeping everything he knows from... from and, and if you think about it, he's as good as anybody because you have no... I mean, if you saw him from the beginning or if you just started seeing them, you have no idea whether, you know, that he's letting wrestler know that he knows. He knows now about the connection of Red... Of Liz, of Wrestler, of of Kate, of the whole FBI unit. Yeah. And he chose to hide that from Wrestler. He made that that conscious choice because he saw Rest mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the FBI with the with the vest and the whole thing. There was no mistake what it was. And you know, he knows that phone call because he heard that he heard Wrestler's end of the phone call. He knows that that's where he was going. Yep. It's, it's, uh, it's an interesting uh, development, as Red says. You know, the fact that he we don't know who, what he's doing or who he's with yep. makes it all the more interesting. Don't know where the loyalties lie. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Typical Blacklist fashion. Uh, should we go with, with Liz first and Red later? Because I have a lot on Red. Oh, and I know that we're going to have a lot of Red. <laughs> yeah, let's go into Liz. Um... But I feel like Red and Liz and Kate all kind of flow together. And mm-hmm. so, but yeah, let, let's go ahead and start with Liz. I, I, I love Liz a little more each episode. I, I really, as we're coming up on this, I knew this. This was probably the first episode in which potentially Tom, in which potentially Tom could be in the episode because I think this is the first one that there wasn't any overlapping mm-hmm. of filming. But I. I wasn't, I was trying not to hang my hopes on it. Um, but the response I had was, if she's going to be abducted, why is no one calling her husband? <laughs> you know? Her very well-connected husband. <laughs> you know? um, and, and this made more sense the way it went about. You know, I, But, oh, I would not want to be on Liz's end of that conversation when he said when she called him and said so babe by the way this is what this has been my last couple of days <laughs> yeah I, I I was very interested in the way they approach uh, Liz this episode because her it looks like she's it took her a while to react to what Dembe told her, you know, that she couldn't re- he couldn't reach Red. And finally, I think that she's trying to reach Red. It usually takes her a little longer on stuff like that. I mean, while we try to get on to her because she's a profiler, she should be able to step into someone else's shoes, et cetera, et cetera. It's kind of like when they say for a, a psychiatrist, never... Never work with a family member. Never work with a friend. Keep professional, professional, and and otherwise, otherwise. It's the same way I would think with profiling. When you're too close to the situation, you can't always do what you would do in 
any other situation. If this were just Joe Schmo that had, you know, murdered someone off the street, she could jump in his head and figure out what made him tick. This is Red, that she's known, and I, I hesitate to use the word intimately because the fandom is what it is, um, that is, that they've known well and had been working with very closely for the last four years. And I, I think she has trouble because so much of it is personal with him. She has a lot of trouble getting out of her own head and into his and trying to reach him. I think one of the first moments was when, a few episodes ago, I guess it was in the Dimbe Zuma episode, when she said, can't, can't this just be done? Can't this just be over? Can't we mm-hmm. be even? I think that was the first time she was just like, and the roomie and I keep joking, we keep shouting at the TV as it's on, Mom and Dad, stop fighting! <laughs> because that's really what it feels like. And I get the impression from Liz that she really feels that way. And, and I'm not saying Kaplan's Katerina. I'm not saying Kaplan's her mom. It was her nanny. Yeah, it's just, it's it's these two people that she's incredibly close to. And, and I think that she probably has a very subconscious closeness to Kate. Otherwise, why would she trust this woman to do what she trusts her to do? Um, But... She's got that, and she just wants peace. And I think that's another thing, is that Liz, I think, is so tired. It's just Mm -hmm. been one thing after another, after another, after another. And it's the same thing she said to Red when they came back from being on the run. She goes, aren't you tired? And he said, you know, your last few months have been my last 25 years. I'm always tired. And she's just looking at him like the hell is wrong with you how are you still on your feet <laughs> you know? yeah. um i i think that liz is just emotionally exhausted that as soon as one thing is wrapped up something else starts and she doesn't want to see kate die and she doesn't want to be sit and put in that situation in which she has to make a choice on how she's going to react if red kills kate well it's going to be very hard um for for the situation to be resolved in any other way, because Res Red indicated that there is that he was willing to let it go, if it was willing to coexist, and but she said that she couldn't, which in itself is a startling admission, because basically he's saying. I kill you or you kill me, and that's the only two circumstances that can that can are a successful end of this thing. Or she manages learn to land, something. She manages to land him in prison or something, you know, in a deep dark hole somewhere. He's gone from Liz's life. I think is is the key for her. And like th- there was, I really was not expecting Kaplan to be our big bad for for the latter half. I really wasn't after her conversation with the hunter in 4A in which she basically defended Red to him like he just shot her in the face and she was like I get why he did it you know and she basically told Tom that as well that you know she knew what was coming she just wasn't going to make it easy on him I think up until right until he pulled that trigger she hoped he would make the right choice now let me put it this way you're a woman who knows that you thinks that that red is hurting Liz. She gets Liz away. Red finds out. 
And wouldn't you try to get away? She never tried to get away. She could have got away in Cuba. Well, that's, that's exactly what Marvin said. He said, I mean, and this was a little bit later than what you're yeah. noting, but he said, you survived a shot to the head. Why aren't you running? You won the freaking lottery. And it was a very good point. She has just, and and like I said, this is all kind of flowing into it, into mm-hmm. each other. But I think Kate, and, and I, I've said this the last couple weeks, and this episode has just continued to solidify this for me. I think that that bullet, the, the second bullet to the head, because this is the second one, second time she's been shot in the head. This poor woman has been shot in the head twice. I think this the second one has done severe damage to her. I think it's altered. I mean, because you hear about people having strokes and altering their personalities. Um, just off the top of my head, I remember when I was in high school, there was a story in the news about a man that went and, like, shot someplace up. Like, took a shotgun in and just started killing people and then dropped dead because he'd had some sort of aneurysm that just freaked his brain out and totally flopped his personality and went and killed a bunch of people. I mean, that's... You know, this was, I don't know, maybe 15 years ago or something like that in in South Texas. But, I mean, I would think if something like that could happen, that a bullet to the brain would just be, Mm -hmm. it could very easily alter her personality. And I'm not, her personality hasn't been altered as much as I think that her laser focus has been altered. And that moment in the, the middle school when she goes in to find find the best route to find Liz when she pulls a pistol on a middle schooler okay yes the kid was a cyber bully horrible kid need to be taught a lesson does not need to land in the morgue you know you don't as an adult you do not pull a gun on a child (laughs) like that moment to me just screamed something is off here yeah you're out of control yeah it's you know like don't get me wrong, I am not at all downplaying cyberbullying and the horrible detriment that it can have on, on human beings, young and old. But. That's, you know, that's an pulling, overreaction. Yeah, that's was. an overreaction. And that is a, a, a clear sign that, yeah, that she's she's not all right. Um, the, the other thing that was very interesting to me is they're, they're using words because of some of the people who have not seen Redemption. Of course, I'm not going to get this. But the words that Red and Kate used were very similar, especially when it was about Liz. Let's just put this aside. They were so similar to when Howard was pleading with Scotty. You know, let's save the only decent person in our family. And and they keep stressing this is a family business. And for all the fans that keep saying, I hate when it's all about families. It is about families. This entire thing is about family. If you hate about when it's about family, then you're watching the wrong show. It, it's, it was interesting to me to see how Kate and, and Red had this familiar relationship. We have the same thing going on we got you know that weird structure that we still have no idea what kind of relationship it was between red and katarina um we there is this this these stories are colliding and it's it's almost like you're trying to give a 
to make a puzzle and you're giving pieces that are all over the, the board and you tend to think, oh, this is the picture. It's a, it's a procedural. No. Oh, no, it's a family drama. And a lot of people are upset when they, when they watch um, the, the, the part about the Keynes. But I think the Keynes are providing one of the fundamental elements of the story. This is about family. This is about protecting your children. And now it's your children's children. And the, the stakes are very high for them. So I think that that what Kate might what might stop Kate is if she hears it from Katerina. Or I sometimes even wonder if Red is if Kate knows what the real paternity is, or if she has always operated under the 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 idea that it was one thing and is gonna be proven to be something else. I something else I would love to see because I, I've i been under the opinion for a long while that I, I want, and, and I do think it'll end up coming to this point, that Liz will save Red. That somehow, I mean, both physically, emotionally, I mean, he he says she is his North Star. He She is his way home. Mm-hmm. He never said she's his home. She is his way home. And I, I wrote a bit on this today on Tumblr, recording this on Friday night, um, and I wrote about this a little bit on Tumblr today, just just a few thoughts about, I keep going back with Red to the Hideous Fish conversation and to the North Star conversation. You've got this man who is spiraling and drowning and anything horrific you can talk about you know to what he's he's suffering from in all of this he he's not just sloughing this off you know it's that that conversation between him and Dembe about Kate broke my heart you know he doesn't love many people but he loves Kate or he loved Kate and then the look on her face when she's coming towards him I loved you because Kate Kaplan doesn't love many people either. We saw that in her flashback episode. She she did not love many of the children that she she felt pride in the children she worked with. She didn't love them. She loves Liz. She adores Liz. I wonder if it's about Liz or if it's about Katerina. And it might be because I do think that whether it was a romantic love or whether it was the first friendship she really because I think that I mean, it just when she was talking to Annie there and she said, my friend just died. I think she was my best friend. It just, it reminded me of someone who is, has a lot of social disconnect with that, that light coming on and just that realization of, oh my gosh, I have this friend and I and love her. And, it, and that's the thing. And I always, I, I've. I've posted on this before in this fandom that this fandom has a really bad habit in certain corners of thinking that love is always romantic. And the blacklist is fantastic. It's one of the things I love the most about it is that it explores every type of love, every type, romantic to familial to friendship to every, every aspect of love. And that was the moment with with Kat, or I'm sorry, with Kate, that I feel like she realized she loved somebody. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm not entirely sure that there was not. I, I think that in the case of Kate with Katerina, 
that was a very complex relationship. Oh, yes, it, very. it was it was I think that there was parts of it was familiar. Part of it was that it, it was the one place where her two loves, children and bodies, came together. That's fair. That's very fair. You know, it was, and this is a spy, and, you know, Kate is supposed to be American, and this is a Soviet spy, apparently, and she's, you know, helping her. It's, and they calls Red a traitor, which is in itself bizarre, because she was a traitor by helping a Soviet spy, mm -hmm. if that is what Katerina really was. But that's what she believed Katerina was. But so it, it is a fascinating way they have threaded these characters. And it's funny because every character, if you think about it, has been impacted by Katerina, either by her directly Shocking. or, yeah, or by impacted by people impacted by Katerina. She, she was considered the Pinko, Mo Pinko Matahari. Matahari. Um, yeah. But I imagine that goes to all aspects. I mean, yeah, she could seduce a man. She could seduce probably anybody she wanted to. But I imagine that that charm, much like Tom. Tom has a lot of charm. Tom and Howard or have red. charm in spades. In red. Or red. Oh, God, of course red has charm. Seen the man? Mm -hmm. You know? <laughs> um, he can make, he can become anything. You know, yeah. in, in a way, I always keep coming back. When when we see those, the when we talk about Katerina and how she was this, you know, the Pinko Matahari, the, the honey trap, and she was trained to seduce and be into making people People believe whatever she want they want she wanted them to believe it always comes back to me to when red says that tom and him share certain um characteristics and you see red doing undercover and you wonder if he hasn't been always doing undercover and if his entire life has been a long undercover well, I, and that's you, you've said that before and I've always gotten the impression when you say that that you mean for someone else. And I don't necessarily agree that. I think that this mm -hmm. is his own... I, I, I do, like, 500% agree with you that this is an undercover project now. Not, not that, for for someone else, I think. is For he, him. His, his criminal... He's being a criminal is his undercover. Not yeah. his name, exactly. not who he is. Yeah. Being I, a criminal became his undercover it, life. As soon as I heard that he created that he started that criminal empire to protect himself and to protect Liz, like the main part which also, by the way, kind of nicely parallels back to the reason that Tom went to Berlin when when uh, Red said that he did it in part to protect himself, but mostly so that he could continue the intimate relationship with Liz. And that reminded me of the fact that he he created this criminal empire to protect himself, but also to protect Liz. You know, I mean, it's these people, there's never a straightforward answer to things. There's layers upon layers upon layers of why people do something. They're complicated. They're messy. And it gets so messy the more layers that you We have seen two it. characters. Two characters have said that from Red, about Red. Anslo Garrick. Every, you know, everything about you is more complicated than it seems. And Red says, yeah, now you're going to tell me about how nothing is as it seems or something of the sort. So two characters who know Red from a long time has warned us about nothing is simple with Red. So just what you said, 
And don't trust, don't, don't make him a, a, a teddy bear and don't make him a criminal. He's a far more complex a character. Well, I, I, I touched on earlier and just kind of wrapped back around to it, the, the post that I answered today, that someone asked me if I thought he was having a breakdown. And I said, I feel like he's a man on on the ledge of two worlds right now. That he has the Raymond Reddington, who is the career criminal, who is, <laughs> Tess is doing her happy dance over there, who's the career criminal, who is, you know, who has created this entire empire and has to be untouchable. He has to be untouchable. Even if he's not, he has to present that or else, what was it that, um, that Baldus said? You know, they're sharpening their knives. They're going to smell mm -hmm. blood in the water. As soon as that, as soon as it looks like he's touchable everybody's coming for him and everything that he's put together is useless and then on the other side you have the raymond reddington that just wants to go home i think he is just as tired as liz is right now that he wants to go home he wants that peaceful place by the river just to watch it pass by and to read a good book and to you know love a good woman and whatever input james spader fantastic monologue here because i can't do that and i think he's on the verge of trying to maybe not trying to choose but feeling like he can't choose right now and he's it's unraveling him and that's part of what's going on right now and that brings me straight into one of my favorite deleted scenes. Of which course it does. <laughs> because it is, it's like the more we go into the show, and it's funny because I, I'm, you know, I, lo I know that a lot of people are grumbling about, about Red. I'm like, I'm ecstatic. I'm not going to roll. Everything is just coming together like ducks in a row. And I am so excited because this, what you just said, is exactly what I've been seeing. He told Tom, you what you you can complete a mission and come back. What you cannot do is come is go on a revenge mission, come come back alive and be a father. And that is where Red is getting the the transmission stuck. Because for the time that he was a criminal, he was a criminal. He didn't need to be Liz's father, whether it's a biological kid or not. It doesn't. It's irrelevant. Yeah. He he told us it's irrelevant. But he can. He wasn't a father. Now he's trying to be both, and he is the living proof of what he told Tom. It's you can't do both. Him. It is yes. shattering him. It's. I mean, I. I, I love Red, and, like, I feel like I've been very hard on Red all through, like, since 3B started, I have been incredibly hard on Red, because he's been driving me nuts. I mean, you look at him, and he's, I, one of the things I love most about Tom, and I, I can't remember who said this the other day, it might have been Blacklister, that made the comment and said, you know, Tom has, I don't know, it wasn't Blacklister, I don't remember who it was, but someone made this comment, so hat tip to whoever made this. <laughs> That, you know, Tom came forward and said, this is what I've done wrong, owned what he did, apologized, changed, and then Liz forgave him. Red hasn't done that yet. And that's what, that's what drives me nuts with Red, is he's still in that control. Personally, and, and, um, but like, I'm not so angry at him that I can't 
see the point of what's going on. I mean, it's I, I don't think it's bad writing at all. I think it's fantastic writing. It's oh, yeah. just, I'm just, I'm going to take Liz's side a little more than Red's because I, it's just what I do. I, I tend to pick people that I'll take the side of more than, <laughs> you know, and I have an emotional reaction to it. And so I'm much more emotionally aligned with, with Liz than I am Red. Well, I guess I, that makes sense. I would say that for people who are not sure that Red is a parental figure, this must be incomprehensible. Oh, I imagine so. But they're the ones that are screaming that he's out of character, they don't understand, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah. But they're... because as a romantic figure doing this to somebody would be, you know, abusive. Be, be, be beyond anything. It that would you be can so. It, it, okay, let me just point this out. If he was a romantic figure. Let's just take out the father thing completely. I mean, which which negates a lot of the story, but regardless, let's let's say he's a romantic interest. Everything he has done since 3B would be so emotionally abusive. He's making decisions for her. He's negating her ability as an adult, as an intelligent woman, to make her own decisions about her own life, about her own situations. He's not, not even a someone that was dating her that was with her you know that you know not the father of her child trying to make decisions for her regarding her child trying to make decisions for her regarding her safety bringing fake kidnapping her hiring someone to fake kidnap her Somebody who's a who is a sociopath. Now that's an entire another thing. I'm gonna get on that. Don't worry. No, that is oh, another okay. soapbox of mine. But fake kidnapping her to force her in as bait to bring a woman in so that he can come at her when he knew she was four square against it. And I saw someone on here uh, on Tumblr the other day that said, you know, you can say whatever you want about Tom Keen, but do not tell me this was not emotionally abusive. And I said, you know, I'm very hesitant to throw the word abuse around in this fandom because it's so misused so often. And the people, some people that have been in that situation, I won't say all, but some people that have been in that situation get really offended by that. Mm very offended by that statement and if red were were a romantic interest i would, would be board, totally I, I would call it emotionally abusive he's not he is not in i if we have listingtons that listen to us i'm not saying that you have to give up your ship God, this is such a delicate situation. I, I'm not trying it's, to. Ba- I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to stomp on anybody's ship here. I'm really not. Well, I'm looking at it from canon in my point of view. Yeah, you're you're yeah. you're a shipper. I'm not a shipper. And to me, I, this I, I I'm as not a shipper. See, I, I it's see it, it makes no sense whatsoever. And the only way you can make sense of this, and when you look at it from this point of view, it makes perfect sense. The the a relationship of doing it makes is, is not good. It is not at all good. But I'd see that as less. If a romantic interest was doing it, it would be more. It, it'd be a much darker situation. Yeah, it's because a misled, it's, a, it's, it's a misled, a parental. It's a misled figure. situation as a parental figure. It is a much darker, much more dangerous situation as a romantic, romantic interest. Figure. Yeah. 
as a as a parental figure is you know you can say you can now see what the writers were saying when they said they had an unhealthy he had an unhealthy situation and a healthy relationship with Liz because in a way you know regardless of whether he is the the biological father which is thoroughly irrelevant that's the whole point of his the scenes with with Alexander Kirk was telling him it doesn't matter he's you thought of her as your daughter for four years it doesn't matter if she's my daughter I think of her as my daughter it doesn't matter biology is thoroughly relevant and this and, show is and that that's one th- this hits really close to home for me because one of the things that drew me to this show was the adoption situation so much of television if adoption is even on the radar it's because the parents can't have their own kids adoption by choice is so rare on modern tv it drives me insane it's it makes me very upset actually <sighs> but that's one of the things that really drew me and keyed me into the Keens was the fact that they could physically have their own kids but didn't but but wanted to reach out because kids needed a good home. And I loved that about them and while while Agnes is biologically theirs and they didn't go that route, the theme of that that blood doesn't automatically make family and family does not have to be tied by blood permeates through the entirety of the show and i love it for it it's one of my biggest draws to it to Mm. be completely honest but but the the point that i was making with with this it's that that um as a father his interest in liz his manipulating liz his protecting liz it's warped because She's an adult and he hasn't he doesn't see her as such. But it is understandable as a father who never had the chance to to see her grow alongside, who went from the baby steps of okay, well, you could take in the car, okay, you're going on a date with the boy alone, to okay, you're going to college alone, to you know he didn't have that. He went to from living a four-year-old to to a grown woman that he that is in danger, and he can't he hasn't really understood the changes, and, yeah. and I think that that is that is what it is. And he's a control freak. She is a control freak. They both have the same thing about making decisions for other people. Dom told her, told uh, read that that he made decisions for Katerina and for and for Liz. Liz made decisions for Tom. Often, mm-hmm. it was so one of my biggest complaints about their first marriage. It's it's a but but it's a it's a trade and and they're making they have made a, such a wonderful job in in looking in in creating characters in which this subtle reminders that they are father and daughter are thread through the entire thing. And a lot of the things that make no sense whatsoever, it's just because you're looking at it in the wrong direction. From my point of view, everything makes perfect sense. And 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 even that that kidnapping of of, of Liz, you know, yes, I find it um 
disturbing because the guy was a loose cannon and I love the fact that they gave us the hand story before, which was perfect because that's an intentional intentional and And, and i I, do you think that he had created this situation beforehand before the hands uh, thing exploded or after it exploded i think it was before that's why he was desperate to come back might have been i my biggest issue and i I mentioned a minute ago this was an entirely different (laughs) Different soapbox for me to get onto. Um, Tessa's smiling. You guys can't see her, but we we've been discussing this over over uh, you know dis- private discussions on Tumblr, and <laughs> she knows how. I I very rarely make emotional bursts in full post the night of an episode, mm-hmm. but I did the night. She I, did. I, I did the night of this episode because I was so angry <laughs> and my biggest issue and I, I i'm trying to remember her exact phrasing because chris m23 over on tumblr put it perfectly it said it doesn't matter what the hell your intentions are if they don't pan out or something like that it, i don't remember the exact quote she made but that was the gist of it was that it, no matter how good your intentions are if they fall through and someone gets hurt, it doesn't matter how good your intentions were. Hans, he had this great plan. He was going to have these guys, these terrible people, kidnap this young man. Not a child. I don't want to... I keep trying to say child when I'm talking about this because it was Werner's child. It wasn't mm-hmm. a child. It was a young man. He was in his 20s. He, you know, It was made very, very clear that he was not an innocent. He was already in the middle of the family business. But still, mm-hmm. he was he was put in the middle of this, and he was smothered. It was a horrible accident because the people were terrible. Kind of reminds me of the the I can never pronounce their name. The po- Poklajev brothers from season one. Pavlovich. Pavlovich. Thank you, brothers from season one. Just like that's what I have pictured in my head with these these people mm-hmm. that. that Red hire 25 years ago just vicious and reckless and do anything they need to to get the job done that's what i have pictured in my head and this poor young man was smothered by accident it was horrible it still got red what he wanted but red being the man that he is yes he took advantage of it but he was still horrified by it like it's it's very much red it is like that situation is so the epitome of Raymond Reddington that we know. But to have that story brought to the forefront, not just to the viewers, but to Red himself, and to suddenly have this happening in which he had someone he had someone kidnap Liz like that. Even if it happened before the story was brought up, it had happened. It is something that has weighed on his conscience for 25 years. Why? To the point that he had put Nicolaus in disguise for the eventuality that he would find out. Yes. He has prepared for this for 25 years. Why on earth would he risk that with Elizabeth Keene? 
that is I, what got me. That is what sent me into the spiral of fan mm. of fan frenzy that I was in Thursday what? night of what the bloody hell red. <laughs> you know, it's it, you are you are smarter than this. Why? Well, can I can I yes, can go. I I never got in there. I never got in there. I, I understood. Um and, and I always point out for this, I point out Dembe. Because Dembe is is it's a cooler voice. He's his red best interest at heart. He had been the one when Kate was against him going in 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 and surrendering himself. Dembe had been the one telling him consistently, you have to tell Liz the truth. He, he is the one who sends Liz to the apartment. He's the one who actually gives her the little bits of information that she needs. And sending her to the apartment was a huge one. And uh, Dembe says, this is the only thing we got to do. And when you're watching the episode and you're surprised it for the first time, you don't realize that Dembe knew what what Ray was doing, and he said, you have to do this. It's the way to do it. So I, I was kind of put off by that. I And I, I'm not willing to say it was out of character because I feel like probably both Hisham and, and uh, James both know Dembe's character incredibly well, as well in, as the writers do, and I know the writers know his character very well. But it, it very much bothered me as they were discussing all of that. And the second time around, when you realize that they both know exactly where they are and yeah, what the, they're doing. The whole thing bothered me when he was talking about Kate. Because I've seen how torn up Dembe is over that. And it just it's well, very much weighed on me and bothered me. Well, at this point, there is, there is realistically mm. no fair. way that they can... That Kate, I mean, Red was giving Kate a, a, a way out. At this point, at this point, there is there is very little that can be done that does not imply that either, either, or either one or both of them end up dead. Yeah, there is. I, there I was, see that. I mean, Liz was asking for for Red to do something that Red knew in his heart it was impossible. And he is he weighs what he has to do because at that point what as Dembe says, she's gone too far to prove that you've gone too far. And I and, did agree with that, yes. Yeah. So so it, it is that is a very fair and 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 poised assessment of the situation. But at the same time what I cannot help but but believe is that at that, that time there is no way either that was a last that was a desperate attempt of Red who didn't want to kill Kate. He wanted to see her in the face to see if she could if he could recognize her still. So in that point, they could still have that where he says, okay, well, Liz is asking for this and I'm going to do what you say. But at that point, Kate, the nanny, it's doing exactly what she is telling Red he shouldn't do. He is making a decision for, for Liz. 
She's making a decision for Agnes. She's she's making a decision for a child that is not hers against the express instructions of her mother. Do not love her. And those instructions were there for a reason because Kate never had the whole story. While Red is her father or father figure. And there is obviously things that he's not telling Kate because Kate's story doesn't make sense. It's, it has holes. So whether it's because she had a memory extension, because the bullet did something to her brain, because with time she has remembered things different. The point that I'm making is, no, Kate is not salvable anymore. She is, she's goner. She's doing, she's doing to Liz and to Agnes exactly what she criticized Red of doing without having the relationship that Red has. And I feel like Kate crossed the line when she started going after the task force. Like for me as a fan, that's when she crossed the line. When it was just her and Red, when she was going after Red's associates, I, I hated it because I love Marvin. Like, Marvin is, is that, one of my... Is that what you did? Is that when you really gone like, okay, I can't take this? Yeah, that's... I turned on her when she went after Wrestler like that. Because she set him up in something that was... Deeply... That was that was vicious, unwarranted, and going after yes. the person who had been... Uh, the, the one keeping Red on the straight and narrow as much as best, anybody can the, keep him there. The best person on the task force. Probably the oh. most in the light on the task force. That's who I, she goes after first. I always have a bit of a problem saying that Red is the best because... No, no, no. Wrestler. Wrestler. Yeah, that Red is... That, I'm sorry, but that wrestler is the best because in 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 my life there is there is there are two worlds and wrestler is the best in the world of the cops and the law on the black well, and that, white. That's what I mean. Like in the black and white world, and and, and granted everything works in the gray. I I have a lot of a lot of but leeway yes, for a in, lot of things, but in the non-intelligence. Yeah, I mean, but but just look off what Liz said in last week's episode. You know, he's a good man. He's everything Amanda, uh, uh, America stands for. You know that he is a great FBI agent. I mean, she sang wrestlers' praises, and that was for a reason. That was to point out. I mean, it's obviously Liz feels that way, and she adores her partner, et cetera, et cetera. I'm not trying to downplay that at all, but. It was to make a point that Kaplan went after the best of the best, the most, the, the straightest laced. The most vulnerable, too. Because exactly by being so, the, the one that is, you know, the, he's not really in the straight and narrow, but I, in that group, in he this group he is. is. He in is. this group, he is. And he, he's, he's incredibly, the he's, he's intelligent. He's incredibly straight. For this group, in the world they're working in, He's incredibly straight-laced. He's very black and white. He is above the fray. And by being that, he is the most vulnerable. Because all the all the other ones would have found ways around it and and he didn't. He, he, he I mean he got he got caught up in the in the headlights. And and this is so foreign to what he knows and what his experiences he was she really took advantage she was the bully he, she was the cyber bully she was that kid bullying the other kid 
she that's and, that's a great way to put it that's that's fantastic yes and 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 that was and that was despicable i but i didn't turn on kate in that moment i turned on kate when she faked Liz's death not because i felt oh how does she dare take it away from red simply because she doesn't know what she doesn't know she assumes she knows everything and she was i mean that is if you really think about it think about somebody taking you away offering you in a moment where you're drugged to the hills scared giving birth what people have been shouting at you that you have no idea what they are in that moment somebody offers you and look at what the way she phrased it i saw my opportunity that wasn't like oh i'm gonna help her because she's desperate to go no she put the idea there in a moment where she was the weakest doing exactly what she did to wrestler and then it's and then goes you know imagine your parents thinking that you're dead and you're not and it's your nanny who took you i'm sorry that is exactly the same thing because i would have respected that if she had said to liz listen i'm going to tell you exactly who raymond reddington is i'm going to tell you all about your mother and you're going to make an informed decision of what it is according to everything that i know that you want to do yet nobody does this they make decisions for her they 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 push her in directions she manipulated liz as much as red has manipulated liz to a degree i agree with you on that to a degree i also look at when was she going to tell her all of that while she was sitting there and talking to her and pretending to talk up red because she said raymond let me talk to her Mm -hmm. she had a very select amount of time to give her this option to let her run she was working on a time frame i kate's heart was in the right place I I personally did not blame her for that. I didn't blame the Keens for the decision they made. Yes, it blew up in their face. Honestly, and I know I'm I'm probably going to get some flack for this, and that's okay. I understand some people think that Raymond Reddington is infallible. I blame Red for being incapable of trusting Elizabeth. That is who I blame. He needs to trust her. He needs to break down and find one human being in this entire world of his that he trusts fully, and it needs to be Liz. Otherwise, he needs to stop screwing around with her. Well, I, see, when I, I, I try not to go into crazy theories, but... <laughs> But you see, do? Is I, really? I do. I try to <laughs> You call the theories crazy. I feel like that's not true. They're crazy, they're crazier, and then the craziest. <laughs> um, and, and, the, and the reason is because when I, when I look at things from my theory, everything that Red is doing makes perfect sense. Well, don't get me wrong. And, and you've got to understand, when, when I make statements yeah. like that, I, I'm coming at it from Liz's point of view. And I that's because I'm a character analysis. That's what I tend to do is I tend to come at things from certain characters' point of views. I tend to look at things from the Keen's point of view. Tom first, Liz second. That That's just how I come at things. I understand what Red has done. I don't negate that he thinks he has done 100% right from her by her. That he is doing the best in his his realm of understanding. He is doing the best he can with, well, with what he's got. 
But that I wasn't what I was saying. No, sorry. Yeah, no. I was saying that we tend to think, if you look at what we know, what we know, canon shown that we can agree whatever red speak is set in, that you know there is a but there is a paternal relationship that he's protecting the daughter of Katerina. Uh, Katerina may be dead or may not be dead. It's kind of getting iffy. But if you look at it that Katerina is alive, and should my crazy thing is that it is Carla, protecting Liz from that knowledge protects not just Liz but Carla and and Jennifer. So there is more at play than Liz. And Liz is a wild card because Liz is the one that doesn't know. But Liz is also the one that was seen. She's the one hunted. She's the one associated with Katerina. So until we know why is Red doing what he's doing and what else is he trying to protect? Because to me, it feels like a man juggling. He's trying to keep everybody safe. And by and he, he's forced to do these things. Why doesn't he tell Liz? That's the the question is why. See, I I have always and I don't negate the fact that he's potentially protecting Katarina. I have always gotten the impression from Red that he is he is terrified of losing her permanently, and that he is afraid that if he were to come out with everything, she'd leave. Mm-hmm. And he is essentially, and not I don't want to say this in a I'm not saying this in a negative way, like trying to paint him badly, that he's protecting himself. But human beings protect themselves. I mean, it's, it's how you survive. He's scared. He's, he's terrified. Scared. And that's that's a human reaction. That's not a bad thing to be afraid to lose the daughter that you missed her entire life of. It's He wants, and that that's going back to what I said like 30 30, 45 minutes ago, where I said that I feel like he's a man balanced between two worlds of protecting her and, and finding his way home. That's where I see that, is that he's trying to do both right now, and it's killing him. It's destroying everything, and it's bringing everything crashing down around him, shoving him under the water, and drowning him in it. He can't have both. He's gonna have to choose to trust Liz if he wants to keep her. I, I think that it's not even going to be that. I think that Liz is gonna come to him. She's come to him many times. No, no, no. She's going to she's going to be the one that is going to have to go to him and say, I know who you are, Dad. Maybe. And maybe. I But even even if it comes to that, he's still gonna have to say yes. He's still gonna have to make that choice to say yes. It's once Liz knows there is no way that he cannot because once his Liz knows, she'll be able to ask the right question. Maybe. She hasn't asked the right question. Maybe. She has asked, Are you my father? <laughs> she never asked, Am I your daughter? And that that's possibly it. I honestly, as long as those two are on the right right trail by the end of the show, I'll be okay. I just I need him to trust her. I think she needs him to trust her. I that I just I keep going back 
liked season two when she asked Tom about the passports and he lied straight to her face, just blatantly lied to her face. Well, didn't and he she, says, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah, she, yeah, yeah. She kissed yeah. him and she said, that's goodbye. If you can't be honest about that, that's goodbye. You can't pick and choose. And she walks away. She and he even said, I can't tell you about that. Yep. Not about that. Yeah, and she goes, "You, that's not how the truth works. You can't pick and choose. And she walks, and that's one of the things I love most about Liz, is that she draws the moral lines in the sand, and she doesn't give on them. She says, this is my ultimatum. And in most characters, I don't think I would like that. I'm not not a huge ultimatum fan, because there are always so many points of view. But with Liz, I like it, because she <laughs> has so many extremes in her life. That if she were to just give on anything, she would get tugged around more than she already is. She has to have those moral ultimatums of, you have to be honest with me. That is the one thing in her life that she's got to stand firm on. And mm. she does. She did with Tom. He, had, she, he didn't have a snowball's chance in hell until he was 100% honest with her with no promise of anything in return. And then she started to trust him a little bit more. And it, it formed. And I don't think it's going to work out with Red. And I felt this way for a very long time just watching their characters. I don't think until he he makes that same step, I don't think she's going to be able to be okay with it. Well, well I, I think that in a way, Red had painted himself into a corner. Mm-hmm. He's He has basically... He promised the man who raised Liz, a man who loved, who he, who, whom he loved, that he was always going to be her father. He took the memories of her, the traumatic memories of killing her father. And in doing so, you, she has to feel a disconnect and also erased everything that was in her life up until then. And when she recovers it, she's going to always be doubting and there is always going to be a disconnect in her. From the moment that little girl shot her father, her life was never going to be the same. She was never going to have a normal life because either she remembers it or she doesn't. How do you live with that? Even if the guy was not really her father, the fact that she took a gun and shot him, and then 26 years later, she shoots the attorney general. Sure, he deserved it. He was a pretty bad person. And she would have shot Red, and in the, she pointed a gun at Red, and she been, I mean, this is, you're talking about somebody who is, by definition, has severe issues and i think until those issues are addressed there would be no way in hell that red will ever give her that truth because i think that red deep inside things that that is you know that the way he keeps saying you're gonna have that you're gonna have the big offense and the, the you know the quiet life he knows that's not possible He's, he knows that, that you know, Katerina's um, enemies are circling. So when are they going to go away when Katerina comes back? So why is he telling her that she's going to have that life? He knows that's not true. He knows she's going to have goons in her life for her entire life. And it's, it's, 
to me, there is something more that we are not seeing that explains the way he is, that and, control. And I do agree with that. I do agree that there's a very good possibility that there's a piece of the puzzle that that's going to change my viewpoint. And that's, that's how I watch The Blacklist, is that I'm always... I, I try to watch it with an open mind in which mm -hmm. I will change... But I do have my opinions in the moment. And right now, the one with Red remains in a very irked point in which I'm just begging him to be honest with her. And when I find out why he hasn't been, that may all alter. It's, it's kind of like redemption. I had a lot of very stern, very solid headcanons going into redemption. But as soon as canon offered me pieces... I had to alter some of those. I either was going to continue to be miserable and bitter the fact that they didn't live up to what I'd come up with in my own head, or I was going to alter them. And guess what? They created this world. They get say-so. Mm-hmm. It, um, I, I think it's interesting that there is only one person who had, who had actually told this everything you know, besides the, the task force, because they are, you know, they're co-workers and that's a whole different relationship. Even even Cooper, whom she considers like a father figure. Um, I, I have a feeling that Cooper also knows things that he hasn't told her. Oh, most definitely. Mm -hmm. And and so you have Kate that definitely knows things and he's talking to Red out of out of uh, uh, surrendering himself because he wants to keep her innocence, but it's an artificial innocence. And it's a good way of putting it—an artificial innocence. I like that. And That's and true. and Red is doing the same thing. Is is Red is creating an innocence by erasing those memories that she could have she could have gone to therapy for that, but he chose to protect her by erasing the memories. Yes, I understand that the identity of the father, and I keep believing that there is a third man. I'm not sure that he would be the real father or not. I do think that there is a third man that is going to appear, um, just based on how many identities Katerina had. Maybe, but... You got a whole four season. I another four season to come. Another season know. to come. I know. Um, it, I, I, will, I will hat tip you if that is accurate. I'm hesitant on that one. Hmm. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, and, and especially oh, if we turn speaking, out that. Speaking of hat tips, I feel like we need a hat tip. Um, Devil's Advocate over on Tumblr. Yes, we do. For she calling it. it. Like, I I know. I talked to her after she watched the episode. She she's overseas, and so she gets it a little bit later. But um. She was like, no, no, I didn't call it completely because I thought Liz would be in on it. I was like, you still called it pretty damn close. <laughs> so, hat tip to Devil's Advocate over on Tumblr for calling it on Red setting up the whole kidnapping. Bravo. Mm -hmm. That was that was masterful. And, and you know what? It's funny because if you look at it in retrospect, why was that Hans story there? Because that's what's happening. And I always find that whenever you go looking in the blacklist, I always say the most important thing that the show is giving you in terms of canon is it's giving you a key to read the characters and to read the story. story mm -hmm. Good storytelling is a, is a whole universe contained with its own rules, with its own language. And I think that whenever they give you a key to read the language, they're giving you a huge clue. 
And in this case, they they told us to look at the stories that we've been giving to the parallels of the story that we are not being told. So all all, all these parallels is stories that we're having. So I think that about wraps us up. Is there anything else you want to add? Nope. Nope. I was, um, it was a, a, I think it was a great episode. Yeah. Like I, when I watched it, I like, as I was watching it, I was like, this is a good episode. I didn't feel like it was a filler episode, but also, and I think part of that is going into it with my own expectation of, I knew it was the first episode back that Tom might appear. And so like the fact that he didn't made me sad, but. You know, hey, we were taught, we were taught patience in season one and two. (laughs) And so I, I rewatched it, uh, I've rewatched it a couple, three times now and it's, it was an excellent episode. I think there was a lot to it. I think there was a lot that's going to build up to, and I wasn't aware, apparently next week is a double episode. Yes, it is. The last episode is... Which kind of hurts my heart. I thought I had two more weeks of the blacklist. I only have one more week, and then the yeah, summer the next of doom. Is two hours. Hate the summer. Hate the summer. Uh, and I'm not. I'm not vacationing until December this year. So it's like there's nothing to look forward to in the summer except evil Texas heat. <laughs> oh, there's a lot of lovely rewatches. Yeah, but evil Texas heat. <laughs> That's what AC. But then for. I'm gonna I'm gonna go see Tessa in December. So you know, hey, who knows? Maybe we'll record uh, that weekend's podcast actually sitting there together. <laughs> yeah, that would be so much fun. I'll bring my microphone with me. <laughs> oh, we can use the same. Oh uh, yeah, there you go. You know, <laughs> sitting at the bar in my hotel room, <laughs> Manhattan. <laughs> that would be fun. Yeah, it's uh, I I I actually liked it. In a first view, you're a little. It's one of those episodes yeah. that you need to watch two times because at first you're so shocked by what's happening I think that you it. don't realize a lot of the things that are actually happening. So the the only thing I do I have in my notes that we haven't gone over yet that I I want to make a comment on because I just her phrasing and as as angry as I'm still angry put out with. Like, Kate's whole spiel of, of, of putting the, the task force under the bus is, is frustrating me. So, I like, I, it was Blacklister214 on Tumblr today that said, uh, Red, Red and Kate, separate criminal corners. <laughs> You're both in timeout or something like that. And I was like, yes. So I'm just mad at both of them right now. Um, but there was this great line about the fact that, that Red holds Liz emotionally hostage. And I agreed with that. And as as we've just discussed, there is a good possibility that there is something out there, the reason he does what he does. But no, the, the old emotional baggage thing, from, from anybody on the outside, and granted, Red may have a, a very good possibility of why he's doing this, but from anybody from the outside, he is holding her emotionally hostage. Because he won't give her the full story, and yet he gives her just enough that she she can't and won't leave. Because he knows she wants answers. She knows those answers are important to her. Ooh. And he gives her just enough to know. This? Everybody in the show? <laughs> Especially Howard. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm not going to argue with you that Howard and Red are very similar. In fact, the fact that I finally put that together a while back, right after the, the uh, finale for Redemption, is what actually brought me back around to Howard might actually care for Tom. Was because mm-hmm. I finally started looking at him through the lens of Red versus the lens of Bud. And I was more okay with Howard. So thank yeah. you, Raymond Reddington. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I think that there is there is a uh, um and, and you know the, that's a, the, the last that I want to say about about the um the episode is that there is a tendency to to look at uh, the reactions of Red as oh my God how he could have done this but the answer to the blacklist I think that is not they're not in a common world if their choices is let's get skilled or let's get used let's get uses better now why on earth would he take her to Wujing to a place that he has no control to do something that she's not qualified to do and that can get her killed why on earth would he not say anything about this to maker like do not get involved with here any parent that would imagine their child getting in contact with a stew maker would just tell them running in the opposite direction it, it goes back to what howard said in the pilot of redemption where he said all of your training has prepared you for this everything bread has done I, I i still feel like there is a big war coming that like the the last couple three episodes of the blacklist will be this massive war everything's going to come to head and there's going to be this massive big bad that we're going to face and that's the thing is it's not a procedural show because we're working towards something like that i think i mean i think that's the difference in the people that look at this as a spy show and the people that look at it as a procedural show of i mean a procedural show goes on indefinitely a spy show is looking towards something specific it's a plot and it yeah. plot has a, we're, we're a beginning a, a middle and an end yes exactly and and this one varies it's incredibly character driven don't get me wrong because if it weren't character driven i wouldn't have any interest in it i love character driven stuff but the plot it, matters in a spy show it it's, matters yeah no you around. can't have no plot i mean it's, it's... it goes with the territory that's like imagining that you're gonna do a a, a soap opera without romantic interest it just yeah. doesn't go yeah. It doesn't happen. It has nothing to to fall on, and 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 plot and and spies and mysteries are going together. It's what drifts them. There is a secret. There is there is nothing is as it seems. Exactly. So yeah. Anyway, it's it's very interesting. It'll it'll be interesting to see where it goes. But um, and and what Red's in game will eventually shift. I'm sure how I feel about all of it. I have a feeling that this whole thing with Kate is not going to be resolved in this episode, in the last two episodes. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm, I'm making that prediction. I think that that this episode, that this season is going to end up with Kate going in a different direction. And I tell you, I love my idea. A phone call and then a voice that says, I told you not to love her. I am all over that all over that i i love that idea because i think that there is however weird that was and we can make a lot of explanations there is something about that line that stuck to me that's the weirdest thing to say to a to a nanny yeah Yeah. it's bizarre it's really strange so i guess that's about it yes it is yeah you don't have anything else to add 
Nope, we got a lot of stuff to talk about, but I imagine that our podcast for next week might be massive. We might have to divide it. Oh my gosh. And you know, hey, we'll be going into the summer, so it'll be okay. Um, oh, that makes me so sad. Summer hiatus makes me so, so sad. Hurts my heart. Um, <laughs> so, we hope you guys have a great weekend and a great week. We will see you next time. Um, if you would like For to the leave- last time on season four. Yes, but we will be back in season five, we promise. Um, you know, unless weird things happen. But we plan to be back for season five. <laughs> And we'll probably do a recap of season four during yeah, the summer. Yeah, we do plan to pop up every once in a while. Uh, if you follow us on iTunes, make sure to follow us, follow us. If you, you know, any of our, uh, we're on iTunes, SoundCloud, and YouTube. You can subscribe on any of those to make sure you get alerts when we update. And I would definitely suggest going into the summer that you do that. Um, and also follow us on Twitter and Facebook and Tumblr. And that way you'll be informed when we uh, do any pop-ups um, about maybe whatever that, you know, if the hiatus get to us. Yeah, and I keep trying to drag the roomie into it because she's pretty much a casual viewer. I would love to get her, I'd love to do a casual viewer sort of conversation. <laughs> you know what we should do for the ne- for, for one of those, we should see if we can get Blacklister because that would be a fun one. It would be great. The three of yeah. us would be fantastic. We should do that. Because she, uh, you know, I'm a theorist. You're a shipper, and she's a shipper theorist. Yeah. So it would be a real fun one. I agree. We should definitely do that. That'd be amazing to be on the air. Yeah. We'll 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 try to see if we if we can make it work. Yeah. We'll see how. And it goes. with that, I uh, hope to see you next week. All right. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.